This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It may have been a while since you were last in the market for a job, or perhaps you're just looking to stay active, but looking for a job is tough, especially as a Zoomer. Uh, A lot of people out there, you get to a certain point in your career, you get to a certain salary level, and then boom, the axe comes down and it's not your choice because uh, somebody looking at the bottom line might think, you know, I can can get a 25 or a 30-year-old at half the price. Uh, Probably a bad decision, but still. So my next guest says that the key is to be yourself and to find a true fit as opposed to turning yourself into a pretzel to land a job and to try to fit in. Jim Bakiai is the author of True Fit, and he's here to talk about his new book. He'll also take your questions. Uh, This is what he does for a living. He helps people find their true fit. He helps employers find employees that are a true fit. Jim, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Libby. Okay, so first, tell us your story. Um, You were a high-flying corporate executive uh, before you came to this. I did. I was. I uh, grew up in the financial services industry. And at the tender age of 37 years old, I became president of one of the investment banks in Canada, Woodgundy CIBC at the time. And uh, I built the global derivatives business, high yield. I was on a fast track. And then one day I was called in and I was told that they couldn't, the bank couldn't live up to my expectations or aspirations. And I didn't really know what that meant. But what it meant was we don't need you anymore and we don't want you anymore. And I was out after 19 years. And I still, I didn't understand what fit meant because like everyone else, we're brought up to get the job, win the job. Then I went to the Bank of Montreal where I met some of the greatest people in the world, but unfortunately it was the wrong fit for me. I felt after I got fired again, after two years, that I was like a thousand yard passing quarterback and I'd gone on to a team that only had running plays. I was still a good quarterback, but I was never going to be able to execute on the things that I was good at. And uh, fired a second time. I now have five kids. One's having brain surgery. A sixth child on the way. And I realized I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what to pitch. I thought just my previous life experience, my CV, would tell people who I was. But what I realized is it didn't tell them who I was. It told them where I'd been, as I like to refer to a CV as a trip itinerary. And... I had to figure out who I was. I had to figure out what were those days where I came home from work and said, if I could just do those things again, wouldn't it be a great day? How long did it take you to figure that out? uh, Pretty quickly when you don't have any money coming in and you've got six kids. I think it probably took me in total about six months. And, uh, but I slowly pieced it together and I, I, I had to figure out what people should pay me for. That's, is, that's kind of the key question? That is the key question. And when I 
coach people, the first thing I do is pull out my wallet and hand it to them and say, what should I pay you for? What is it you can do for me that makes me money or saves me time? I had an individual once who said, hmm, that's a good question. That's a good question. And he went on and on and on and on. Finally stopped. He said, I know what it is. I'm a good communicator. And I said, well, clearly not, but we can move on <laughs> to something else. And sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's, it's, it's incredible because uh, I see a lot of people who are interested in work in a, you know, a media company like ours. And uh, sometimes they'll go on and on and on about I'm this and I'm on that. And, uh, you know, and it becomes clear that they haven't even bothered to listen to us to understand where they might fit in. If they fit in at all. If they'd fit in at all, but, but haven't even done the basic research Absolutely. Of, of turning on the radio and listening and to say, oh, you know, I, I, I'd be a better host to fight back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And what, what, you know, I always say to people is, it's okay to be you. And I think we're raised not to be ourselves. I think we're raised to fit in, to get along, to do this, to do this. And, and as I talk about in the book, I used to think there were two truths in life, death and taxes. And now I realize there are four, death, taxes, the things that you're good at and you enjoy doing, you'll be good at and you'll enjoy doing for the rest of your life. And the things that you're not good at and you don't enjoy doing, you won't be good at and you won't enjoy doing for the rest of your life. A little bit of margin there, but pretty well. And so the sooner you can figure out what are those things that I'm really good at, what are those things that I like to do, like physically doing? You know, is it cold calling? Is it making sales calls? Is it sitting in an office, you know, working in a technical capacity? Is it interacting with people? And the sooner you figure that out, the sooner then you can parse the world to who needs those skills. And then once they determine they need those skills and you have them, who wants you, your personality? Because they may need your skills, but they don't want you. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting point. Uh, what do you say to Zoomers? I mean, the reality is, if you're out looking for work after the age of, what, 50, mm -hmm. certainly 55, it's different. There's age discrimination. You aren't going to be able to prove it. What do you do? And then for a lot of people, they, they don't have the luxury of being able to say no if something comes their way. Well, what I say to Zoomers is as the same as I say to everyone is that you first have to understand what is it that you can bring to someone, right? Once you understand that and you have a consistent knowledge of that, then you can start to think about who really needs me. What is my target rich environment? Who are the kinds of companies that are looking for my skills away from whether I'm 55, away from whether I'm 45? I'm trying to get people to focus on a skill-based proposition. What are your skills? What are you good at? Your skills are attracting people in this demographic to listen to your radio. If someone was doing heavy metal on another station, they wouldn't need your skills, no, right? they certainly they, wouldn't. They don't need your skills. And then the second question is, do they want you the way you do it, the way you attract people? And, and I think that the most difficult thing, and I see this every day, Libby, every day, the most difficult thing is people are afraid to say, this is who I am, because they're afraid of rejection. They've spent their lives trying to get a job. And so when people come back to me and they say, I didn't get the job, I go, congratulations. They said, no, no, you didn't hear me. I didn't get the job. And I said, I know, I heard you. 
I said, so did you profile yourself accurately? Yes. Did you tell them the kind of people you work best with? Yes. Did you tell them how you resolve conflict? Yes. Did you tell them what a perfect day is for you? Yes. So it's the wrong job for you. And so stop looking for those kinds at those places and let's start looking at other places. And it requires work. I mean, like you said about people come in to interview here and they haven't done a stitch of work, right? Exactly. They haven't done a stitch of work. So the first work is learning about you. And then the second learn is who needs me. Um, you have an interesting example in the book about uh, a young woman who uh, <clears throat> describes herself as a nerd and is a nerd and was very good at her job but didn't like socializing and, and going out as opposed to all the other extroverted people in, in her organization. And you concluded that um, she should find a different place to work. Absolutely. And she's a daughter of a friend of mine. And she called me up and she's living in California, very bright young woman, very successful. Um, and she said, you know, I really like the work. She said, but, you know, performance review after performance review, they talk about what a good job I'm doing working, but that I'm difficult to get to know. I don't socialize enough. I don't do all of these types of things. And she said, you know, you could just hear it in her voice. She said, you know, I'm trying to change. And I said, I hope you're trying to change. And she goes, I am, but it's very difficult. I said, no, no, change companies. Well, I, I find that interesting because, you know, as, as a manager, I don't want everybody personality-wise to be the same. <laughs> that could end up in a problem, you know. I'd like to have some people who are extroverted and some people who are introverted. And if they do their jobs well, I would never have an issue. But that's I mean, because, unless they that's because have, you're an entrepreneur. Most organizations want a homogeneous workforce. They want people to be within the bandwidth of the personalities that they have. And the outliers kind of get pushed out. I don't know. I think uh, to have a creative atmosphere, you really do need people. And you also need people whose uh, skills complement each other. Like, you're right. If, um, if we say, uh, I'm not great at getting certain kinds of paperwork done, you know, I want to have somebody else <laughs> that I can palm it Abs- off on. Absolutely. And why, would, and why wouldn't the company want that, right? Exactly. I, I, I ask the question of people. I say, what percentage of your capacity is being utilized of the things that you're good at every day? And nobody's ever said over 50% to me. So to me, what that says is there's a massive productivity gap that's not being fulfilled. If I'm having to spend half my day doing the things I'm really good at and the other half of my day doing the things that I'm not very good at and good likelihood that someone could do a much better job than I could, why is that happening? Uh, You say, you know, ditch the CV, stop working on your CV, uh, stop networking, uh, stop coming up with all those traits like, you know, team player, blah, blah. So what do you do then? Well, you create, you know, what I do is with everyone is I create the infomercial. It's a four-page PowerPoint. And you can't ditch the CV because the convention is CVs. I often hold it up like it's a piece of toxic waste and say to people, is this the best definition of who you are? And nobody ever says yes. So I believe that you create an infomercial. First page in the infomercial, three or four points. This is what I'm good at. For me, my infomercial says I'm a trusted advisor to my clients. I'm good at figuring out talent that fits within organizations. I'm good at looking at organizations and figuring out why businesses don't run 
because usually they have the wrong talent in place. And thirdly, I'm very good at mentoring and coaching people. I can put people into a safe place. Secondly, just as important is, who do I work best with? I work best with people that can delegate. I work best with people that don't have the answer and they want to hire me to give them the answer. I don't work well with micromanagers. I don't work well with people that just want someone to execute and not say anything. Thirdly, what is your conflict resolution style? Because how you resolve conflict permeates how people see you. If you're competitive, win-lose, and you go to an organization that is accommodating their avoidance, they're going to look at you and go, you're not a team player. You're difficult to get along with. You're all about you. Whereas if you go to an organization that's all competitive, they're going to knuckle and go, awesome, that's great. And then the last slide is tell them what you want to do all day long. I want to be making calls. I want to be working on numbers. I want to be doing technical work. Whatever it is, tell them what the perfect day is. Because those four slides will resonate in a binary fashion with anybody that you pitch it with. And then use that to network. So when you go in, you hand that to them. Wouldn't uh, a lot of people say, well, it, it can't be all roses all the time. So say you're going to spend a, a good percentage of your time doing the stuff you like, but everybody has to do things that are – has little jobs that they don't love in their job. Right. And the reason they do is because they don't – aren't willing to say, I really stink at this stuff. Surely there could be somebody else that could do a much better job. Uh, and again, so do people need to have, I guess, the gumption to say no if they know that uh, they need a job and there's an offer coming, but but maybe it's not going to be exactly what they want? Um, it's hard. I have to do it. I do it all the time with my clients when I go to pitch. I pick my clients. They call me in and I pitch. And I had a client once who I went in to see him and sat down. And I am a trusted advisor, and that's the relationship I want with my clients. And uh, first question they said to me is, what's your uh, fee? I said, my fee is 30% of the total compensation and so on and so on. And before asking anything else, he said, are you negotiable? I said, well, you know, normally not, but I'll go to 35. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, no, no, I meant down. I said, I know what you meant. I said, but all you've told me is that I should have come in here at 40 or 45 and gone down to 40. And I said, but we're done here in this meeting. Now, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. But all of my clients, the ones I keep finding, the ones that get referred to me by others, do fit. And, and I would ask you, so what do you mean by trusted advisor? Does that mean that if you make a recommendation – I'm not allowed to... No, no, not at all. Not at all. But, but some clients on my recruiting side of the business, they'll say, I really don't care what you think. Just get me 50 CVs and I'll make the decision and I'll do all of those types of things. Well, I, I, I They're don't, not getting full value, I would say. Exactly. They're not utilizing my capacity. And so why would I do business with someone that's never going to fully appreciate me, right? And it's the same type of thing. And uh, there's a story of a wonderful woman in there who, you know, obviously the more unemployed you are and the longer you've been employed, the more willing you are to take the risk of what I'm talking about. But um, I talk about it in the book and she wouldn't do the infomercial when she went to meetings. So I met her for a coffee and she said, I have an appointment this afternoon. And I said, well, if you don't do it today, we're done. 
I'd done it pro bono for her because I I knew her. And and she went and locked herself in the BCE women's washroom and practiced it in front of the mirror. (laughs) And uh, she called me at 4.30 and I said, how did the interview go? She goes, it was incredible. She goes, it was so empowering. And I knew within three minutes that I didn't want them and they didn't want me. And I've never felt better. That's interesting. And she went on to find another job where the CEO of the company said, you know what? It is clear as day to me why I'm hiring you. Okay. Uh, So we have uh, less than a minute left. Um, Do you have a message for people who might be discouraged? I do. Um, You know, uh, my, my view, and I say this to people, is that it's okay to be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. In fact, I often say to people, be more yourself. So there's no ambiguity of what people are getting or not getting. And, and trust that uh, someone needs your skills and someone wants you. You just have to do the hard work of making sure they know who you are and the hard work of finding the places of where they need those skills. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.